brief look at that uh, passage we had read. Uh, if there's little kids who want kids' packs, there are up the back if you want to grab one uh, and they can just do some little Christmas drawings and things like that. But how about we pray and uh, ask for God to help us this morning. Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that it's a great joy to be together and we pray that you'd help us to see what Christmas is all about this morning. Please speak to us that we might hear your voice from your word and know you as our Lord and Saviour. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've received good news that brought great joy at least four times. The first time was on the 20th of May in the year 2000. It was on the foreshore of Netherlands, and I had hired a horse and carriage. And I took uh, a lady in this room with me. She was quite a young lady at that stage. We still is, thank you, Holly. <laughs> I should have said that, but you did. Well done. Took her on the horse and carriage ride. She had no clue. We talked about it, obviously. We had some hot chocolate sitting there. And we got to this certain spot and I said, how about we go for a little wander? She said, okay. And I got down on my knee and she freaked out. And then she said, yes. Yeah, that was good news that brought great joy. Three other times as well. When Kate, Sam and Lucy were born, there was lots of screaming and the kids cried too. <laughs> Each time I received good news that brought some great joy. The question for us this morning on Christmas morning is, what for you is good news that would bring you great joy? Would having a happy family do it? What about... $10 million in your bank account. Would that bring you good, is that good news that would bring you great joy? What, your debt is cleared. What about your job is secure? What about interest rates keep going down? That would be great. What for you is good news that will bring you great joy? On this Christmas morning, God wants us to lift our eyes, lift our hearts, lift our hopes, our dreams, lift our idea of good news. What if there's something amazing, like you can live even though you die? Would that be good news? What if there was something good news like there's no more death or mourning or crying or pain? Would that be good news? Yes. That gives you great joy? Yes. The good news that gives you great joy. On a clear night outside of Bethlehem, we heard it read already, and you probably know the story. An angel appeared to some regular Joes working a normal job, shepherds. And we're just going to listen to one line. He said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, this isn't it's steak for dinner type of news. This isn't, there's 10 million in your bank account. This is life-changing, eternity-defining gospel. 
if you've been at church the last couple of weeks, we saw that that word gospel is like if you're in an army under, under siege and you've been battered by the enemy and you're expecting to be overrun at any time. When the enemy comes, they're going to kill all the men, take all the women and children and plunder everything. And all of a sudden you hear this voice. It's a messenger from your commander. The enemy is defeated. Victory is ours. You're saved, safe and secure. That's gospel. That's the type of good news we're talking about this morning. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What is the good news? Today in the town of Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Why is that good news that brings great joy? I know why Kinney, my wife, saying yes is good news that brings great joy. It's because I get a wife. I know why when the doctor says it's a boy or it's a girl, that's good news because I get a son or a daughter. Why is this good news that brings great joy? Two reasons, and they're very obvious ones. A saviour has been born to you. I've been saved a few times in my life, quite a few actually from different things. One time when I was three years old, I was playing at Lake Munger and I was on the edge and there's, there's quite a few deep sections of Lake Munger and there was a bunch of older boys playing there as well and I don't know why. Maybe I looked at them the wrong way, maybe I was taller than them, I don't know. But one of the boys came over to me and just pushed me in. And I, all I remember was kind of flailing around. It probably wasn't that deep, but for me it was very deep. And I, I remember being freaked out. But then I also remember the biggest hand I've ever seen in my life reaching down and grabbing me and pulling my shirt out and pulling me out. Some guy had, was walking past, saw this idiot push me in and jumped down and grabbed me out. That's what God does with us. That's why Christmas is such a big deal. Because when Jesus comes, he comes to save us. He grabs us when we can't do anything and rips us out and rescues us. Some of us might not think we need saving. But what if there's a God who made you? And what if he made everything you enjoy? And what if you haven't acknowledged him at all? You haven't said thanks. Maybe you sometimes think about him, maybe you don't. What if you completely reject him and say, I don't believe in you, I'm out of here. I did that for a long time in my life. That's called sin. And all humans do it. We need saving. And the Bible says that this Christ who came died for your sins. The Bible says Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. That means Jesus is the righteous one, we are the unrighteous ones. He dies for our sins to bring us to, you, to God. Now, are we going to open this at some point? To Nikki, what? Imagine for a second 
that this hand is you. And the ceiling is God. And this here is a book of all your sin. My book's going to be much bigger than that. All the stuff you've done wrong. Not, sin is not just doing wrong stuff, right? It's an attitude of saying, no, thanks God. I'm going to do it my own way without you. I don't care about you. You made me, but who cares? I'm just going to live life without you. That's the book. All the secret stuff in there is, whoa, hang on. That's my book. You don't want to read that. Now, what is stopping me from relating to God? My sin is. Everything that I've done wrong. Now, here's Jesus. Did Jesus ever sin? No. Did he always live a perfect life? Yes. And when he dies on the cross, he takes it all. Now, what is stopping me from relating to God as my friend? Is there any sin at all? No. It's all gone. All taken on Jesus. Do you get it? Isn't that amazing news? Isn't that life-changing news? A saviour has been born to you. But there's one other thing to notice before we finish up and go eat our turkeys. The second part of the news is Jesus is Christ the Lord. Christ is not his surname. Like Matt Malcolm, that's my name. My surname's Malcolm. His name isn't Jesus Christ, surname Mr. Christ. Christ means the king, the boss, the ruler. When Jesus comes, he comes as the saviour king. Now, I was reading up on the Saudi Arabian king who visited America in 1957. And when he came in, there was a swarm of fighter jets attached with his plane. When he landed, he was... He was treated to a 21-gun salute. Huge fanfare. 65-man entourage, the finest foods, the most expensive wines, all the pomp and ceremony. Jesus, the king, doesn't come like that, does he? He comes differently. Why would he come so humbly? He comes because he is the saviour king for you. He comes as the servant not to be served, but to serve. This Christ, this King, comes for you. You see, we don't celebrate the birth of a baby at Christmas, do we? We celebrate the birth of a Saviour. And what does a Saviour do? He saves you. This King didn't stay dead either. He rose from the dead from death and is the king of absolutely everything. That's why this is life-changing news. The enemy is defeated and you are safe type of news. The hand has come down and reached in and grabbed you out type of news. So the question, the Christmas challenge for us this morning, what are you going to do with the news? If that's true, then everything changes. I didn't always believe this. You might not believe this. Many people here do believe this. What are you going to do with that news today as we go off and eat our turkey? Or whatever you have, ham. Some people have fish. That's weird. What are you going to do? The Christmas challenge is 
You either trust Jesus or you don't. If you don't, if you live your life saying no, you're saying no to the Saviour. It's like you're drowning at Lake Munga and the hand comes down and you say, oh, no, 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 I, I got it, I'm, I'm cool, don't worry, I don't need you. It's crazy, isn't it? If you say no to Jesus, you're saying no to forgiveness of your sin. Who deals with this? You do. It's either you or Jesus. If you say yes to Jesus, he takes it in full for you. That's why this is gospel, life-changing news. Here's the Christmas challenge. Turn back to God, trust your life into Jesus' hands and live now free from sin. Not that you don't sin anymore, but it's not your master and you will be with Jesus for all eternity in paradise. Today in the town of Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to who? You! He is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he has been born. We can celebrate his birth today. Thank you that he isn't just born as a baby, but he's born as our saviour, our saviour king. We pray that we would see how life-changing that news is, good news that brings great joy for us. We thank you for Jesus. Amen. We'll have a